Hello and welcome to the Rebel Influencer podcast. Um, I just want to give a massive thank you to our sponsor, Amy Polly, who is the founder of the Mental Health Rebellion. She is awesome. If you are big into mindset, mental health stuff, definitely go check her out. I love her to pieces. And joining me today is somebody who I class as a friend, although I probably drive him nuts. He's full of wisdom. He's full of information. He's full of the good stuff. He's a little bit rebellious. Um, that's why I've got him on. But he's built an incredible business while juggling family life, being a dad, all of the fun stuff that comes along with that. One thing that I did do want to touch on before we get started is men's mental health. Now, men's mental health is something that often uh, gets pushed to one side I feel so for those of you who don't know I'm the founder of a company called Mib International I support thousands hundreds of thousands of women all around the world um, I don't support men I'm not a man I don't know what it feels like to be a man however I do know that men struggle with things too so Barry um, I know you've had your own journey over the years I'm not going to touch on anything personal but what would you say to somebody who's listening that is having a tough time with their own mental health uh, definitely for me I've, I've had my challenges with mental health over the over the years um i think being being an entrepreneur uh, adds another level of um stress into your life it's probably that you know i would say most people who go to a job especially not a high stress job so from my from my point of view being able to talk to people now i know there's a there's a thing with guys where we don't like to share how we're feeling and if we're feeling upset or down, we don't like to admit that. We like to kid on that everything's okay. So just having that conversation with people because you do feel so much better. And it was for me, I, I literally struggled myself and didn't actually speak to anybody about anything. I wasn't telling anyone how I was feeling. When people asked how I was, my response was always living the dream. It still is, but just now I actually feel like I'm in a good space mentally. Whereas mm -hmm. at that time, when I wasn't having a good time, uh, and I was I was struggling massively mentally. I didn't I didn't want to tell MD because I was embarrassed. So I think having people around about you and and knowing that you can speak to your friends, family, partner, whatever it is, um, and definitely have that you know have that chat. But also realizing that the world is not always going to be made of chocolate, and you're going to have seasons where you feel like shit, and the world is not going to plan, and there's things happening. So just understanding that everything will pass. So knowing that it's not always going to be as hard as what it is now and then looking forward to, to the things and, and focusing a lot on right, where do I want to go? So where am I actually, how do I want to feel and, and how am I going to get there? And then just taking small, tiny steps every single day to ensure that you can get to that point and nothing, you know, everything can be sorted out, everything can figure out, whether it's money, relationships, like as much as things seem shit at the time, if you just have that in your head that you know what i feel like shit today that's okay to feel like shit but know that you will feel better at some point if you keep at it and how important is reaching out to other people for that support do you think massive massive so like what once i was able <coughs> excuse me still get that little cough once i was able to have those conversations now i'm a pest now i want to tell everybody how i feel all the time so i'm like it's liberating. It's nice to be able to talk to someone about, you know, what you're doing. Like if you're saying and how you're feeling. So if you, if you don't feel good, don't be embarrassed by saying it because everyone has had those moments. So reach out to people because they care. And I guarantee you, if you know, I was in a scary place, a dark place, a few years ago, probably two and a half years ago, 
<coughs> I was drinking a lot. I was taking a lot of drugs. Um, a relationship had just ended. One of my businesses wasn't going to plan, and I thought, I am a waste of space. I'm better off being away from here, and that's the scary thoughts I was thinking. And I couldn't reach out to my friends. I actually reached out to Samaritans um, and said, and spoke to them about how I was feeling. Like, I'd feel like I'd be better not being here. And they then spoke to me about, you know, what have you got in your life that's worth being here for? And at the time, it was my children, my two, two beautiful little girls. So for me, if I'd have made a silly, silly decision back then, you know, my kids wouldn't have had all the experiences they've had in the last wee while and they will continue to have just because I wasn't feeling right in myself. And the fact that I reached out to them now, I can speak to my friends, family, if I'm not feeling good. And I haven't ever felt as bad as that. Um, and and, and I, I won't ever feel that bad again. Um, I'll, I'll make sure that, you know, life is, is always, you know, I'm feeling a lot better. I'm just going to have tough days, but I will never, ever feel as bad as I did back then. And that was a lot of it was down to my choices and what I was doing and, um, and, and my lifestyle at the time that made me feel like that. Um, so having it's massive being able to speak to someone if it's not your friends or family there is people out there and, and Samaritans and all these other groups that you can speak to if you don't feel that you've got someone close that you can talk to they can show you um, and, and teach you a few things and, and make you see things in a different way as well so it's, it's massive absolutely how important is it for us to take control of our own thoughts and feelings and also our own success so there's going to be lots of people that listen to this that want to build businesses like how much control do we have over that if you've got your own business you're 100 percent in control of where you're at so this is what's it's the good thing and it's a bad thing right so the good thing is if you want to make more money you just go and make more money right you, you figure out a way to do what you're doing and do more of it that's it whether it's more hours or more clients or if you systemize things better so that you can get it. So we're in control of that as business owners. Um, and your own feelings, <clears throat> you know, it's up to us what we put into, you know, what we listen to, what we read. You, If you have the same two people and one of them's got a good morning routine where they wake up and they read a good book and they listen to podcasts like Leona's here just now, and, you know, all of these good things and they're putting good stuff into their mind, or if you've got someone else who watches the news, there's going to be a crash, the world economy is fucked, energy prices are through the roof, scarcity, scarcity, shit, 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 the world is doomed, all of that stuff, right? The person who's listening to the doom and gloom is going to feel like shit. The person who's listening to Leona's podcast and all the other bits and bobs that are good, then they're going to feel inspired. They're going to feel like it doesn't matter what's going on because you create your own personal economy. So the way I feel, it doesn't matter what's going on around about me. You can make money in any market, in any situation. You create your own personal economy. And that comes from your mindset. It comes from the things that you're listening to. And it comes from your attitude towards the things that's happening around about you. Not letting external factors dictate where your mindset's at. Not letting external factors dictate where your income is. If something's not working and something part of your business isn't making money anymore because of the economy then what is making money focus on that do something different as a business owner it's up to you because you you pay yourself and you get paid for the worth that you bring to the world so if you're not making any money and you work for yourself it's because you're not valuable enough or you're not loud enough of what we do right absolutely so how important is it to have good people around you that are going to see you onto the right track or tell you come on like let's go refocus time it's massive so the whole you are the average of the five people you hang about with, right? If you're hanging about with people who 
don't have much ambition. Um, they're not really that fast. They moan all the time. Everything's a struggle. You're gonna you're gonna be that person as well. If you're hanging about with inspirational people, people who are going places, movers and shakers, you will essentially that will rub off on you as well. So if you have got people around about you who are similar in terms of values and, and what they want to achieve and what they can achieve in their life, then you will automatically be like that as well. You because you're you're spending so much time with them, have your little power team round about you of people that you can phone, get inspiration from. Because if you're hanging about with Debbie Downers all the time, then you are going to be another Debbie Downer. And it's it's not nice to be in that situation. I was, I've got a construction business, so I was on the tools for however many years on site. Now, there is fewer, uh, fewer trades or fewer uh, life, uh, sorry, jobs, I would say, that are more negative than construction. Like you're on site, it's very, very everything's doom and gloom. Everyone's an arsehole. I can't be bothered with this. My wife's a bugger. She's made me, you know, ham sandwiches again. That's five days in a row. Like the, everything's a moan and a, a pissing moan, right? So I was actually in that same thing. I could feel myself moaning and being a, like a very grumpy individual when I was around that. So it was up to me to get myself outside of that environment as well because I wanted to do what the directors were doing, the, the developers. I wanted to be that type of person. So for me to be like that, I had to be around these people and find out what do they talk about, what do they act like. So having a good you know, group of people, you can't always get away from, you know, I'm not saying cut everyone out of your life who's negative, right? Because sometimes it's family, sometimes it's friends, but limit the time. That you spend with them and focus on making sure that you have got every single week or at least during the day a phone call at least with someone who's going to inspire you and steer you in the right direction absolutely absolutely so talk to me about the last few years what's that look like for you uh, in what sense business yeah absolutely yeah okay so for me business wise i am um, I've had a labour supply business for the last um, 10 or 11 years. I don't actually know what, what year I started in. 10 or 11 years. So it's landscaping into um, evolved into labour supply. Um, and that's been going for, say, call it call it 11 years. I think it is more that. That business there um, is, is very well systemised. I don't have to put a lot of time into it. So at like 27, 28 years old, I find myself um, probably a wee bit bored with life. Um, so then started um, because I didn't have to do much. It was like literally at that point, probably 10 hours a week of work on that. And everybody else at 27, 28 is working during the day. So I'm floating about Ayrshire going for lunches myself, which is never never fun. It's all right to start with, but it's, it gets a wee bit boring. So then um, the, the last few years for me, I've been focusing on what I really want to do. Now, everything for me when I started cutting grass as my first business was always leading towards being a developer. So buying land, building houses, that was always my goal. I was 16 years old when I was on a building site as a labourer. And this guy comes up with his nice, fancy, fancy Jeep car. I think it was a BMW. He had a nice suit on. He jumped out his car, went in and gave his, his uh, beautiful wife a kiss. And I was like, who's that guy? And it was like, that's who's building these houses. And I was like, that's what I want to do. I want to do what he does. So that planted a seed for me and it's always something that I've wanted to do. So when I then eventually did get into developing, um, I still knew I had a few things that I had to, to achieve and a few different things that would set me up better for it. So myself and my business partner with um, 
uh, Graham McKeag, who we set up a company two years ago, coming up two years, with 18 months we've been trading for, called McKeag and Nelson. Now, we initially set that up, we were doing um, Groundworks, we were a Groundworks contractor, um, but we've now taken things on as principal contractors, so we're doing the full full sub of things, we're building uh, our own eco-houses for ourselves, we've got clients that multi-billion dollar companies, uh, billion pound companies, sorry, in the UK, I thought it was in America there, um, that we're doing work for big tier one companies that people can try and try and get in with. And in 18 months, we've been able to pick up million pound jobs for them. Um, and it's it's been a journey. It's been good. It's been it's been a struggle at times, but it's it's been exciting at the same time. So we have got um, the 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 house building aspect. The developer company buys the land. Then we've got McKeegan Nelson, uh, principal contractor, who builds the houses, and then I've got a labour supply business, Nelson Recruitment. Which, if we're struggling for labour for any of these projects, then Nelson Recruitment would supply the labour for them. How do you get through those doors in such a short period of time? Raw sex appeal, I think it was, Leona. Um, just handsome. It's the dim- I think it's the dimples. Um, <laughs> Do you know what? I've built up a reputation with the labour supply thing within the industry. My business partner had built up a good reputation as last year. Someone phoned me. Um, the labour supply, labour supply with me, and then my, my business partner being a civil engineer. So mm-hmm. that was we both had good reputations, um, in the sense of within the industry of construction, we were young, we were hungry, so we weren't afraid to go out and chat doors and speak to people we're both quite big on social media I'm, I'm a wee bit quieter now than what I was just because you know I feel like I took a wee bit of a step back I'm big on stories and all that but Graham I call him Mr LinkedIn um, so he's massive on LinkedIn and people were asking us to press things Facebook and Instagram we're not afraid to show people what we do and we've got good quality we're, we're you know we're very approachable we're good guys we want to do the best for us and our clients um, and we've we've been able to uh, get a good good core squad of people working for us as well which has been good so i think we've just it went very quick we went from doing small extensions groundworks for extensions to in landscaping projects to million pound developments in edinburgh and you know we're, we're probably turning over 450 or 500 a month now 500 grand a month and um, from a standing start and at the start it was just three men and me and g um but it's it's been it's been exciting it's been fast-paced. Um, the challenges, of course, of a new business trying to go from what we're at because you've got no trading history with that business. So people, you know, we are, we are sometimes spending, we are opening credit accounts for companies and we don't get paid for 60 days after we've started a job. But we're opening credit accounts for people and they're saying, we'll give you £5,000 credit limit. And I'm like, right, okay, first order, 35000 So they're like, right, okay, so you need to pay us 30000 So we have to pay the 30000 up front. But, we managed to get there and, and we're, we're, we're surviving, which is good. We're making money, we're, we're having fun. And I feel that we're changing the industry a wee bit, which is good. How important is it to be a little bit rebellious within your industry? So on this podcast, I speak to lots of people who are moving and shaking. But I find that overall consensus is they're doing something slightly different to the norm. Yeah, I think um, construction typically... Is a is um it's not big on social media. You don't put a focus on these things. It's a, a lot of the guys who are doing well in construction have been about for 20, 30, 40 years, and they've got their their ways of doing things. Myself and Graham are 
all over Facebook with the jobs that we're doing, all over Instagram, all over LinkedIn. Now, a lot of people look at that and go, those fucking assholes, who do they think they are, these young bucks coming in? They were not that young, but we're younger than a lot of these guys. And we are utilising what we know as a powerful way to get our business out there and what we are doing out there and show our quality. So we're not afraid to put ourselves out there. And for every, you know, you might have two or three people going, who do these guys think they are? But for every two or three people that think you're a wanker, there's someone there who is inspired by what you're doing, who wants to work with you, who wants to invest with you for the the eco houses or who wants to get you on as a principal contractor or who yes. just wants, or maybe it inspires them to start their own business. So, you know, we're not afraid to put ourselves out there at all. So that's, I would say, the, the biggest difference in us versus the other construction companies that have been about for a while. We are probably more new, new school compared to them yeah. and we'll continue to do it. We've got social media marketing and we put focus and energy into things like that. We are not afraid to invest in training for us um, or the guys. Um, you know, we're always looking at different ways of how can we, where's it going? We're always looking for where are we going in the next five years, right? Where's the, where's the industry going? What do we need to be capitalising on just now? And that's why with the, the energy efficient homes that we build, like that's that's not something that just now as um, we've been doing. I've been looking at these things for two years. Mm-hmm. Now we're building them. So that was two years ago before there was any energy prices and all that. And there was no issues with all that. Now that the world has gone to shit and the energy prices are through the roof, what we mm. build, instead of being £350 a month for your electricity and your, to heat and power your home, one of our houses would be £40 a month, £50 a month. And it's because they're so energy efficient. And that's the future. And it will go that way. Mm. Um, so everything will become... You know, in the next two or three years, the government will start to step in and make sure that everyone builds the same type of quality house that we build. But we are going to be three or four years yeah. ahead of them. Absolutely. You're industry leading, which is amazing. So what's next for you guys? Uh, focusing more on development. So I would prefer to uh, buy more land. We've got other sites there um, that we've, we've agreed prices with. We're just sorting out funding for it. Um, we've got private investors that help out with things like that as well and then we, we fund um, smaller sites ourselves as well um, so we would buy some of the smaller sites ourselves cash and then and develop them out um, but I personally, me and Graham have both had a conversation as much as what we're doing is, is fantastic for other people we would rather, um, we don't want to go much more than 10 million a year with McKagan Nelson, the groundworks or the contractor business um, we would rather focus on getting that to 10 million, but the developer business matching that with another 10 million from development. So in my opinion, selling 30 to 50 houses a year, building and selling 30 to 50 houses a year um, is, a good, mm-hmm. uh, is a good sort of goal within the next two years. We're also in talks with councils um, to do either social and affordable housing, but slightly different. So we would buy the land, lease it back to them once we've built the houses, and it's for people with mm-hmm. um, assisted living, so people with um, bigger needs, you know, assist, you know, people with autism and things like that. So we can fling these houses up in six or seven weeks, um, and it's costing them six pound a week to run, as opposed to you know taking forever to build. And if we are in that stage with them, so we we are in talks with the council about finding land. Does is this suitable for you? We could then buy the land develop the the houses for them as per what they need so they're involved in the process from the start we would build it we make a few quid off the build 
and then we rent it back to them and that's like a little um, nest egg so to speak so I'd like to try and focus on maybe doing a, another 10 or so of them every year. Absolutely so before you go what's the best piece of advice you've ever heard? Best piece of advice that I've ever heard? Um, oh that's tough because it depends on how I'm feeling and where I'm at that in my journey I suppose um, never give up would be the other one. I know that sounds very cliche, right? Never give up, but it's very true because I've had moments in the last, you know, since I've been a business owner, where I have literally thought, fuck this, I want to get a job at Aldi, stacking shelves or flinging the shopping at people as quickly as possible. But um, it's not worth it, you know, and as much as you've got the, you've got this, you know, in, in our line of work, or being an entrepreneur, it is a complete roller coaster. But if you just say that, you know what, I know it's not going to be always sunshine, lollipops and rainbows and keep going, you will get to where you, as long as you're doing the right things and working on yourself, you will get to the end goal of where you want to be. Um, mm -hmm. Working on yourself is massive as well. So not never giving up and constantly working on yourself to make yourself a better businessman, better partner, better father, better mother, whatever it is that you want to be. But if you're working on yourself and that energy that you then create will elevate you in every area of your life so if you are reading the books listening to the podcasts audio books um, watching the videos and, and just turning up for yourself every single day it'll, it'll help you with every area of your life and that's I know when I'm feeling at my best and when things are moving and shaking for me it's when I'm working on myself as much yeah. when I'm having the moments of oh god this is tough then Bring yourself into personal development. The, the difference that a podcast or you know, a book, 10 minutes of reading, 15 minutes of reading can do for your mindset is unbelievable. So <clears throat> never, ever giving up and always work on yourself because you're never, ever arrived. You're always going to be evolving. I'm a different person than what I was three years ago, 10 years ago. And and I hope in 10 years' time, I don't hope, I know I will be much much better in 10 years time within business and every area of my life because it's a constant process that you have to go through to keep shedding that skin growing moving on because you will never ever exceed like financially the level of personal development that you're at if you're 500 grand a year type of guy that's that's what you'll get if you're a two million a year type of guy you need to work up to become that person who can earn two million pounds a year Absolutely. Thank you so much. So where can everyone find you if they want to give you a little stalk? Uh, if they want to stalk me, I am on Instagram, Barry underscore Nelson 87. I am on Facebook, Barry Nelson. And I am on LinkedIn, but I don't use it. So Facebook and Instagram would be the best places. Probably Instagram. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us today. It has been my pleasure. You're a star. Can't wait to see what's, what's next. Yes. Thank you, my dear.